At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thank you for listening. Good show today. We've got two guests. First up, John O'Ran from Sports Business Journal, breaking down all the latest sports media business news, NHL, uh, agreeing to the deals with ESPN and Turner, what that means, what's going on with streaming. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I asked John if he thinks this is a good time or a bad time to be a sports fan based on uh, consumption of games. And that answer and conversation was interesting. And then after John O'Ran, we have Aqib Talib, who did two games for Fox last year, former NFL player. And he's uh, doing some stuff for, with Bleach Report for their draft. And he was phenomenal in the uh, little time we had with him. Uh, had some interesting thoughts on mock drafts. Peyton Manning going into the booth, talked about his time as a Patriot and then uh, shed some light on Brady and Belichick. He was great, uh, Aqib Talib. So check that out after John O'Ran. Uh, before we get to those two spots, last week, if you did not listen to the SI Media podcast, we had Adnan Verk on, who is now the play-by-play man for Monday Night Raw, and he talked about uh, being fired from ESPN, picking up the pieces, getting a ton of jobs, including Raw, and uh, life after ESPN, so check that out. Two weeks ago, uh, Todd Furman on what's going on with gambling and illegalized sports gambling, and... Uh, other recent podcasts, WWE Superstar Edge, Scott Van Pelt, check all those out in the archives. All right, let's get to John O'Ran first, and then following him, Akib Tlaib, right here on the SI Media Podcast. All right, joining me now from Sports Business Journal. Last time he was on was January, so it's good to catch up with Mr. John O'Ran. John, how's it going? Great, man. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Like I said, last time you were on was in January. There was, some, there was a lot of news going on then, and been a pretty busy time for sports media news now obviously um biggest news coming down this week was the nhl and turner um announcing their deal which i believe you broke a couple of things before we get into that you know i think when i had you on in january and i know i've talked about this with other people 
in the sports media world. I was always surprised that Turner did not get involved in the NFL negotiations this time around. And then here they come spending all this money on NHL. And now they have NHL, NBA, MLB. They do a little bit of a golf tournament. Um, why any, do we know why Turner didn't bother getting involved with NFL negotiations? Uh, the prices got too high. I think that uh, for, for Turner, well, for the NFL, the NFL really wants broadcast uh, to be a part of it. And I think that's why you're seeing the ESPN uh, piece of it add in a lot more ABC than it had. Uh, and they say they, that, you know, that one um, small package, a Thursday night package for streaming for Amazon. But the, the NFL prioritizes um, broadcast. The uh, Turner knew that, you know, it... it uh, in previous years, when David Levy was at Turner, they they tried to get into the mix with the NFL, and you know the broadcast networks are, are, are there, are prepared to pay, and all Turner was going to do was just sort of bid it up, and 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 it was unlikely that they were going to wind up with anything. So, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Um, so I I think that the the NHL deal is a great deal for Turner. Uh, I don't know if they're paying too much. I, every every story I've ever written about rights, you know, that the network is paying too much, and by the end of the contract it doesn't look like that much but for turner think about this they have uh the nba they have mlb and now they have the nhl and they they go deep into the playoffs with the nhl they they have actually stanley cup finals they have the ncaa tournament they're going to have the final four in the championship game on um you know uh, i think it's ne next season uh they have like those are the big four. They have yeah. a big, they really have stepped up to where they're a big part of the sports landscape. And I, and I know this isn't your world, but they also have AEW wrestling, which is a pretty amazing success story where they were going head to head with the WWE's NXT on Wednesday nights. And WWE just moved off of Wednesdays to Tuesdays because AEW was doing better in the ratings and you know, WWE wanted to get away from it, which is pretty amazing considering AEW is a startup company. But they, um, you know, they're going to take up one night a week on TNT as well. They're, you know, and, and unlike <clears throat> NBA, NHL in wrestling, there's no offseason. They go all year long. So um, yeah, not only that, but I, I, I don't know a ton about it, but I, I, I have seen the numbers and the numbers are right around a million viewers. Yeah, they did out. over a million that first week that uh, the first week, I think it was two weeks ago could be three weeks it might have been two weeks ago the first week that wwe moved off of uh wednesday nights going head to head with aw aw did over a million mm -hmm. which i mean how many how many networks especially cable networks would love to get a million viewers in, in prime time so that's right. I, I mean that that is something that that is really proving its value for for turner they only did eight million less than the oscars <laughs> <laughs> on cable no less the, the big events, I, I tell you, I, the, the um, it, within the sports landscape, everybody's looking at the Oscars, uh, the Grammys, the Golden Globes, all of them setting record lows this, this year. Yeah. I mean, the one thing about TV is that it's been live sports and live <laughs> events. And all of a sudden you have these really big live events that aren't doing well. And people are uh, people are a little bit nervous in the sports yeah. arena about some of those numbers. But don't you think, you know. I didn't watch one second of the Oscars. Did you watch any of it? I'm not a, an Oscars guy. Yeah, I didn't watch one second of it. Normally, I would check it out. I just don't know how you expect that show to do well when no one went to the movies for a year. I think next year their ratings will be up. I'm not saying they'll be up significantly. And people have clearly, um, you know, 
don't go out of their way to watch award shows anymore. But I would be surprised if the numbers weren't up next year with people going back to the movies. I mean, I think potentially would- that's, that's true. But I, I mean, my pushback on that is that people were stuck in quarantine at home, binge watching everything that came out and, and the uh, Golden Globes suffered their, their, their worst ever. I, I mean, it's just, you know, there, there has been even before the pandemic, there was a definite trend line. That, that showed viewership for those for those uh, no award doubt. shows going down. Yeah, no doubt. But there's a big difference between, you know, like the Golden Globes having their worst ratings ever isn't surprising. The Oscar thing, I mean, they, the Oscars went from 24 million to, to 10 million. That drop, <coughs> excuse me, I think, you know, I think next year it goes up only because, again, you can binge things and watch things at home. But the Oscars are based on movies where you go to the movies and there's buzz and the opening Friday night and word of mouth and go see this movie. They had none of that this year. So I don't know how they're expected to have. a. You know, I know the show was terrible, too, from everything you read. But going into it before you knew what the show was, I mean, I don't know why you would watch it if you didn't go to the movies all year. Yeah. And another thing is, that, you know, the 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 pregame, the pre-show, the pregame show, I guess, you right. know, on e, the red carpet red shows carpet, and everything. Yeah. It just it does build a certain excitement. You get to see, you know people's uh, what what people are wearing and different stars and all that stuff and and, and th- that does help bring that casual audience to, to to watch it and there was much less of that this right. this year all right so that was a good oscars tangent back to the nhl and turner <laughs> um so it's seven turner nhl deal seven years 1.575 billion were you surprised the nhl was able to get the money they got from turner and espn yeah i was i, I was uh surprised uh by, by that i I thought that the um, NFL's $110 billion worth of deals was going to take enough money out of the market. I took a look at the NHL's regular season uh, viewership numbers on, on NBC and NBC Sports Network. And, you know, we were just talking about wrestling and, and the amount of viewers they brought in. Uh, the, the NHL games were, you know, none of them got close to a, a million viewers in, in, in the regular season. And I thought that, you know, that they might see a little bit of an increase, but I didn't think that they, w- they would be able to double, uh, w- which they did. And I think that that shows the power of, uh, for, for sports leagues, I think that that shows the premium that they're going to get to have their stuff streamed. It's interesting because we said at the top, you said at the top when we talk about the NFL, that they want to stay on broadcast. Meanwhile, everything in this world is is going to streaming. And obviously, I know the NHL part of the NA, the ESPN part of the NHL deal was obviously huge because from, from a streaming standpoint, because they're going to put 75 exclusive games on ESPN plus. And with this Turner deal, there's an HBO max component that I guess won't kick in right away. Is, is that correct? Yeah, that's going to kick in in a little bit, but you know what I think about this deal is uh, it, it confirms that li- it's a big bet on linear TV and there's so many streaming components to it. So it, 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 they're acknowledging the unmistakable trend in the business right now. But in seven years from now, we're going to be watching all NFL games on, on uh, linear television, except for the, the Amazon package. Seven years from now, we're going to watch the entire NHL playoffs. And that's all that, that really makes the, the money out of this. That's all going to be available on linear television. And to me, you know, I've been writing about big tech coming in and how we're going to be streaming all these games for a decade now. And every, every time I write about it, it's like, well, it must, it's going to be the next time the rights come up. Well, this is the next time the rights have come up. 
and it's still about linear television. I mean, they're they're again, oh. there are unmistakable streaming components, but it's all about linear TV. So, but the years that TNT has the Stanley Cup, it's going to be on Stan. It's going to be on TNT, correct? Correct. Yeah. So here, so let me ask you this: Do you think it's a from from a consumption of game standpoint? Do you think this is a good time to be a sports fan or a bad time to be a sports fan? Um. I think it's a bad time. That's a good question. I think that it's a bad time to be a sports fan because right right now I think that if you're a if you're a big soccer fan, you have to subscribe to how many different streaming services to to get what you want to see, and you can see whatever you want. I mean, compared to when when I grew up and and you know half the games right. were you, you could only listen to on the radio. I mean, I sound like an old guy now, but it's uh, you know it's it's a lot better than that. But I have a I have a feeling. I'm pretty certain that there's going to be a big shakeout within the stream, uh, the streaming space right. to where we're, we're going to be able to figure out a lot better about how you can, as a, as a really hardcore fan of a certain sport or a certain team or a certain league, you can figure out how to, how to get that relatively affordably. Well, I'm very glad you said that because I think it's a bad time to be a sports fan as well from that standpoint, but you're way smarter than me. So I'm happy you confirmed <laughs> it me because I just think, I think if you're, I think if you're a, again, John mentioned it, I'm talking about the big time sports fan who pays attention to almost every sport. I'm not talking about the casual man or woman who's in and out. I'm talking about the the person whose life is sports and watches every sport. You still need to have network television. You need to have cable and then you need to subscribe to about 8 billion streaming services. So, you know, I don't know if you like every sport. You're you're shelling out a lot of money every month. That's really what the bottom line is. In 2010 and before, all you had to do is get a cable subscription, and and you had one or multiple RSNs to to where you could see all your local teams. You had all these national networks. You had an NBA TV, an NFL network, an NHL network, and you had distributors that were too scared of to drop any of them because they they, they realized way back when that that they're they're. Uh, subscribing their, their core subscribers were big sports fans that were sort of, uh, you know, keeping everything afloat. Right. Uh, that's not the case anymore. And I find all the streaming very confusing. Like I don't, I always thought Hulu was an NBC deal, but now they have Peacock, which one, and, and the ESPN deal, I think puts games on Hulu, but you need ESPN plus, And then you're going to need some sort of bleacher report app, I guess, for the NHL. Listen, if you're a hardcore NHL fan, you have access now to every single game, and that that should be great. But you need a cable subscription, you need an ESPN Plus and Hulu subscription, uh, and you can bundle that subscription, and you need an HBO Max subscription. And all of a sudden, that cable bundle that everybody complained about, why am I spending this much money when I never watch Lifetime? You know, all of a sudden, that's looking a lot more affordable than, than it used to. And you're always going to need to be able to get Fox and CBS if you're an NFL fan, because that's where those games are. And, um, and, and, you know, that, uh, it's so funny because those are over the air broadcast, you know, I defy you to figure out how to put up rabbit ears just to get those, uh, th- those channels to come in. Right. It's, it's not an easy process. You almost need to pay a distributor in order to get those or, or figure out how to stream them. And I feel like anytime I, I try to watch something that's not on traditional television, I always run into some issue anyway. It's you, you got to subscribe to this or upgrade to this or ha- I mean, it's it's not as simple. I, I had, I'll tell you a story from over the weekend on a total side note. I decided, you know, last year when the pandemic hit, 
I wasn't mentally prepared. Like I'm going to be home for the whole summer. Like I sort of knew it, but you was, you were navigating the pandemic this year. It's a lot different. If you're vaccinated, like I am sort of looking forward to the summer. So I said, you know, I'm going to be home all summer still. There's no word on going back to the SI offices. I'm like, I'm going to get a very small, cheap TV for the backyard so I can sit back there and watch Yankee games. That's all I want to do. I was able to get like a 28-inch TV for $119. So like even if it, you know, I leave it out and it rains and ruins the TV, it's fine. It's, you know, it comes, it gets delivered Friday. I set it up. I figured I'll put an um, Amazon Fire Stick in it, download the Yes Network app, and there I go. I'm good to go. Ready to watch Yankees. So it comes Friday. I'm all pumped up. I set it up. I got the fire stick. I download. Yes, I brought a brand new chair for the backyard. I get comfortable. Seven o'clock. Let's watch the Yankees. And they're on channel 11 WPIX that night. And now I can't watch them at all. <laughs> so even when you think you have it all figured out, there's always a curveball. It seems like when you're trying to watch all these things. Yeah, it's on. It's on over the air for the cord cutters. And you right. couldn't figure that out. So I had to come in the house to watch it. So there goes the whole, you know, <laughs> summer of Jimmy in the backyard deal. I would have thought um, you weren't watching the Yankees this, this season, uh, the way they're playing. Well, Jimmy. what do we got here? They're playing your Orioles, right? I know. Now, we're so. to battle for last place. Matt Harvey turning back to the dark night. Uh. Beat the Yankees. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, the, the streaming thing, I, I, don't, I feel like it has to get narrowed down a little bit in the next few years. Yes or no? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, that what, what we've seen is really an unbundling of, of the cable system. And you're going to see a bundling again because bundle, bundled services are more consumer friendly and they, 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 they're going to cost less. Right now you have, uh, you know, Paramount Plus, Peacock, um, HBO Max, all Hulu. of these services. Yeah. Uh, well, Hulu is uh, stuck with Disney Plus and they're actually doing well. Right. Hulu and Netflix, I think, are, are uh, right. Disney Plus and Netflix are, are up there. And like, have and a and whole just based group. off of what I just said, too, and you still need your local, like if you're in New York, you want to be able to have yes or SNY, depending on if you're a Yankee or Met fan. Yeah. Need- but my point is like there, there was like a, there's a whole group of like mid-level streaming services that are doing whatever they can to step out. So like, mm-hmm. did you watch WrestleMania this year on Peacock? I did not. I, I watched one. It was two nights. I watched one night. But even that was an issue because you can't get Peacock yet if you have an Amazon Fire Stick. Or are they not downloaded? I'm a, it's an They have uh, not come to an agreement yet. Great. Yeah. So you and, had uh, a. So that was an issue. Um, so, the, you know, that's what that's what NBC is doing. It's like, OK, we have all the WWE fans. So that's that's a way for them to get. I mean, I think that this uh, red zone uh uh, the uh, NFL Sunday ticket deal that's coming down the pike. Mm. One of these streaming services is going to unload a ton of money because they're going to use this as a way for it to, to really sort of step, step away from the others and become something like a Netflix or a Disney plus. And that is by far and away. If I'm just going on the people in my life, my friends, people who follow me on Twitter, my <clears throat> circle more than anything else, that all anyone wants to know is what's happening with Sunday Ticket, but we still have to get through this season and next season, if I'm not mistaken, with Directv exclusivity, and then it'll get opened up. So you still got two more NFL seasons to get through before the chains can come off the uh, Sunday Ticket lock that Directv has. Yeah, how many people are dying to get rid of Directv? The, my, my friends that, that are Directv subscribers solely for Sunday Ticket can't wait for it to go somewhere else. Yeah. It does seem like ESPN Plus is going to end up with that, just based on nothing that I know. Yeah, my my uh, out of the off the wall prediction is I I think Peacock will will use this to really ramp up and and try to get 
you know, Jeff Shell runs Universal. He's a guy that did the PGA tour deal back in 2006. You know, that, that was a, such a seismic deal for golf channel. And like, he, he, he comes from Fox and he knows the value of live sports. Uh, that, that's where I'm going to put my money. Yeah. Um, let's switch gears to the NFL draft, which is Thursday night. Some of you listening, it's probably taking place already. Some of you it's coming up. I understand the NFL rules the country and it's not even close with whatever second the coverage of the draft is completely out of control. <laughs> and it is, I mean, it's amazing that, I mean, listen, you have your ESPN and your NFL network and ABC, which will air it, but you know, and then every other side company tries to do their own show. It's amazing to see how big this thing has become. I mean, how many mock drafts can people go through, but they all get clicks. Right. I mean, they, they oh, wouldn't yeah. do it if they didn't get viewership on on on, on all of this. One hundred percent. It's a the the draft has become such a big event. Uh, I'm still amazed. I don't think we're going to see it uh, in, in Cleveland yet. But you know, two years ago when it was in Nashville, the amount of people that came for just what was a basically a street party still amazes me. Like I, I'm a big sports fan. I grew up as a big sports fan. I like I I can't fathom who would go for a hundred like thousand people crowding into a street to hear like, a, you know, names get, get, get announced over a loudspeaker. It's a, I mean, it's phenomenal how this has been built, you know, in, into such a big event. And I think that you can see that with all the shoulder programming that, that, that and, you, and companies that, you that don't have the draft are doing their own draft shows. And I don't get it, but that's just me. Um, I, the, I, I, predict the rating will be down from last year because last year there was nothing going on when the draft took place people were yearning for anything now yet there's more competition what do you think about the ratings for the draft i think the ratings for the draft are going to be great i think that there are they'll be great i'm just saying lower higher or lower than last oh higher than lower than last year i think they'll be lower than last year last year was like a high wire act right uh and remember everything was remote and I watched it just because I I was waiting to see it all like mess up, like uh, somebody's video freezing or right. having it go black. I mean, it, it, it was it was I thought last year's draft was a technical marvel. I mean, look, we're trying to do a live uh, uh, or a tape show here and my my Internet's freezing and the dog's barking like, <laughs> you know, they were able to do something that was a broadcast quality. Yeah. That, that that was that just phenomenal, and I think that uh, I don't think it'll touch last year's rating. But I, you know, they have five big quarterbacks that are going in the first round. They have a lot of uh, there's a lot of interest in in some of the players that that are coming out. A lot of good storylines. I think uh, be down from last year, but it's going to be a really big number. I agree with all of that definitely. Um, another big item that came out this week: uh, the Dan Lebetard startup Meadowlark. Got a huge, huge investment from DraftKings. What can you share anything with? I, I know a lot of um, the Levitard audience out there is huge, and the Stugatz army. Is there anything you can share that we might not know yet about Meadowlark or where we can? I mean, right now it's just a podcast, but I'm sure there'll be a TV or some sort of streaming component. Do we know anything yet? Do you have any expectations? What can you tell us about Meadowlark? Uh, not yet. I think that, that it's, you know, John Skipper, uh, X of ESPN, X of DAZN is, is running it. Um, he is, uh, of, of course, very tight with, uh, Levitard. and he, uh, John Skipper is as responsible as anybody, in my opinion, for building up ESPN's, uh, editorial outfit. Uh, I mean, he was at ESPN well, well before he was ESPN's president and was, uh, 
overseeing the magazine and overseeing, uh, you know, all of the editorial going in, into dot com. And I think that he wants to build something along those lines. Um, and, and I think that he sees a, uh, a, a place for that, you know, like, especially if you have people like Levitard who are who um, are big names that, that can uh, uh, get, get away from that. But what I think so is so interesting about that deal is, is you know, Axios have, broke the story. DraftKings is really looking to get in, get content. And, you know, right now they're starting with podcasts and they're starting with certain shoulder programming. And I think, you know, they're, they're looking to buy different publications that are out there. And I think that you can really, like, if you take this to its logical conclusion, you know, everybody's waiting for Amazon and Apple and Google to bid on sports rights. What's going to stop DraftKings from going and telling MLS, like, we'll buy your sports rights, we'll stream them off whatever we will, and, and we'll be, you, you, your users or your viewers will be able to bet on it whenever they want. Uh, I think that that's, that appears to be where this is going, but we're sort of at the early steps and the first steps. And when I saw that, that uh, Meadowlark d- deal, that, that's, that's the first thing that I thought about. It's an interesting wrinkle if, if DraftKings ends up, you know, getting into the streaming rights business with sports and, you know. And, and again, don't think about like the big sports. Like they're, right. they're not going to get the, the NFL would never do that. The NBA would never do that. But, uh, you know, at least not for a primary package. But you have, you know, small to mid-level uh, conferences uh, and, and leagues that now all of a sudden NBC Sports Network is, is no more. I mean, there, there are less places to go and there are less and you have networks that, again, have spent $110 billion on the NFL. They have less money to spend on some of these smaller networks. That could be a really uh, interesting place for them to, to make some money. Just thinking of how you said, you know, you think Peacock could be a player for Sunday Ticket. I wonder if they're a player for the Levitard show. I know they have Eisen and Dan Patrick. Could add uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I know that Skipper is uh, out there actively shopping it, and he's shopping to all the regular people, uh, regular companies, mm. and he's uh, and and uh, new companies as well. I thought it was interesting too. Levitard said DraftKings has given them more support than anyone ever. Thought that was a thought you could read between the lines of that one pretty easily. <laughs> it, it's so easily that I don't think that there was anything to read between the right. lines. <laughs> um, oh God. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So, you know, DraftKings and, and, you know, so much of the NFL deals revolve, you know, so much of the money revolves around this increase in gambling that's going on throughout the country with it being legalized. Goodell is finally acknowledging it. I thought that was, did you see the quote? on Tuesday from Rob Manfred, where he said that, um, I guess Adam Silver told him to stop complaining about the pace of play in Major League Baseball because the downtime is perfect for in-game betting. I mean, the fact that commissioners are even talking about that, we have come a long way. You know, I got a question for it because I I can't figure this out. I'm not a a big gambler, as Mm -hmm. I think you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I know that, that, that you do gamble a bit. Like, What's is there an attraction for you in a baseball game? Because you're also a baseball fan of saying, like, I think this next pitch is a strike or a ball or something like that. Is that really an attraction for me personally? No, I I love to bet baseball, but I wouldn't bet is the next next pitch going to be a ball or a strike. But there are enough people out there where that is an attraction. Um, In game is in game out of everything that's gone on in the gambling world over the past couple of years with the becoming legalized and the rise of the DraftKings and the, and the fan duels and 
whatever is go, you know, daily fantasy. The in game is where the biggest um, opportunity is for these companies to make money because it, you know, again, you mentioned before that you felt old. I'll feel old now. It used to be when I started betting back in college, back in the day, back in the day, you called in your bet at six, six thirty, and it's seven or seven thirty when the game started. It was done for the night. Like that was it. It was over. Then online came and you were able to bet, you know, if you wanted, like you had to bet a 1030 West, a 10 o'clock West coast game at seven o'clock on the East coast. Now online gambling came. So you can bet the 1030 game at 1030. Now you could bet throughout any game. You could not watch the first seven innings of a game, put it on and then bet the last three innings and bet who's going to, I mean, you have, it's unlimited opportunity to place those wagers, which means all these companies are just going to make more and more money. So are you finding that you personally are betting more in game? I don't like in game. I'm not. I, let me just say this about the gambling thing. And in, in, in all seriousness, I only bet NFL and college football. And I usually have a ton going on those days with wagers. So I don't get involved in the in game where in game is good is let's say it's a Sunday night game, Monday night game. I don't like the game. I don't like the line. I don't feel like betting it. I'm tired from watching football all day. And then I watch it. And then I decide I want to make a bet. Then I can, I won't in game a game. I already have a bet on Mm -hmm. if I don't bet a game and then I'm watching it and I see something. Oh, then maybe I'll jump in on it. But I know a lot of people who love everything about in game. That's another area where, you know, we were talking about the streaming services and the shakeout boy, the gambling right now, it's like a goal. It's like a a land rush. Uh, And you see so many companies, doing so many things to, to, to try to get involved w- w- with that. And I, there has to be a shakeout at some point yeah. where, you know, I guess the, the business term for it is consolidation, uh, right. but you know, you're going to see some, uh, a lot of consolidation. And I think pretty soon in that, well, in that area. Speaking of consolidating that we could end it on this. Cause I'm curious, cause I think you had mentioned this, you know, we, we just saw the NHL sign a huge deal. We just saw the NFL sign a monster deal. I think baseball signed new deals with Turner and ESPN last year. NBA is coming up. Where does this leave all the sports that are not part of the traditional four majors, even though, I mean, listen, college football is a much bigger sport than the NHL, but what are traditionally known as the four major sports in the United States, where does that leave everything else in terms of network deals, money, profits, what they can do, you know, in the future? Uh, You know, they're going to have to, uh, my personal viewpoint is that uh, I've said this already, but the, the NFL deals were so big and they took so much money out of the market. And these media companies are for-profit companies. They, they, they're they not just going to you know, sort of, they're not charity cases where they're just going to give money just to, you know, to, to some, something that doesn't rate. So these, these leagues and these conferences need to demonstrate that they, they have a, a substantial fan base and that's a, a substantial fan base that has great demos, young male demos that are willing to spend. Um, and and it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be really tough for them because you have you have a cable um, um, uh, service. Cable services are the subscribers are dropping like a stone. You have NBC Sports Network going going dark. You have other other networks that are just like you know, kind of they're they're not in growth mode right now. Um, so the the big the big question is, um, 
it's going to be very easy to get streaming deals as we talked about and and you'll be able to uh, go do that but like if you're going to if you're going to go on a streaming service you're only going to appeal to your hardcore fans and most people like linear tv because it's an, it's a way to get people you know to to uh, sample their product and it's it's just it's going to be a real tough road moving forward for a lot of those um smaller smaller leagues definitely that's a bummer um when when are the when are the nba deals up with ESPN and Turner? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I think it's uh, 24, but the, the, okay, so we got a little ways. Yeah, got, got a little bit away, and th- right. that's going to be really substantial. I, I mean, I, I, th- that's everybody's been talking about when is big tech going to come in? That's the last chance that, the, that we have for this cycle for big tech to really swoop yeah. in and do something. And the NBA could have the type of fan base where somebody like Apple just kind of says, like, we want it all, give it to us. That's that would be interesting for sure. Um, I'm not predicting that. I'm yeah, just saying yeah, yeah. that 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 would be, you know, something to look at. <clears throat> All right. So you got a little break till 2024 then uh, <laughs> with the NBA. Then that'll be the uh, it'll be fun to see what happens with that. I mean, I feel like they've been with ESPN and Turner for I mean, Turner definitely forever. They had NBC before ESPN and be interesting to see uh, how that shakes out. Well, again, like what, what we saw from the NHL and what we saw from the NFL, they prioritize broad uh, like linear television and broadcast television. Right. All right. I appreciate you coming on and uh, giving us some info. Very, very uh, enlightening stuff. Always good to hear from you on this kind of news. So I appreciate it. Love coming on this pod, Jimmy. Thanks for having me, man. All right. Take care. Stay safe. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, joining me now, 
he was a big hit in a limited run in the Fox booth last year, and he's going to be part of Bleacher Report's draft show on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Former NFL player Keeb Talib. Keeb, how's it going? All good, all good. How you doing? Doing well. Thanks for coming on. I uh, I know you're getting ready for a big draft show with Bleacher Report. The NFL draft, I feel like, is just blown up in a way that it's it's hard to even imagine the coverage. And I'm curious because you've gone now from player, now you're doing the media thing. Um, can you even believe how big the draft has become in terms of fans' thirst and appetite for it? Yeah, I mean, it just just speaks on our game, man. We we gaining fans every year, and uh, I mean, it's not like it's, it's it's been a small deal. I mean, it was it was a big deal in right. 2008 when I got drafted, man. So it's a it's a huge event, man. It's a you know. It's a it's a celebration for them young guys, right? That they make it big, right? And you're going to be doing um, the studio stuff, Bleach Report, Gridiron, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, for the draft. Are you expecting? Uh, what are you looking to bring yourself to this show? I'm just curious because when we saw you on Fox, you were very loose. People liked it. What's right. your philosophy going into the BR Gridiron draft show? Uh, the same, man. Just know. Share my knowledge, man. I'm I'm the I'm the NFL perspective, NFL side of this thing. So I just been studying teams, man, studying rosters, depth charts, stuff like that. So uh, I'm up here with Lefko, you know what I'm saying? Connor is some fun guys. So man, it should be a good time. So t- tell me about a little bit last year. Like I said, um, you were a big hit with a lot of people. You did you did two games for Fox, Week Ten, Week Fifteen. Right. You did the Washington team versus Detroit, and then you did Eagles Cardinals, which I saw a lot of. I wrote a column um, saying we need more of you in the booth. Just get, why only two games last year? How did it all come about for you? Take me through your your last year with Fox there doing the games. Uh, well, when when I got the call from Fox, well, my agent called me. Uh, he said that they wanted to sign me to a three game deal, so it was like a max of three games, and you know, it's, it's a chance that you would do no games. Cause you you're not on the A team or the B team, so you're just kind of filling in for guys with all this COVID stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Kind of like an audition, really, man. I probably got like 10k for the game. Right? I ain't really getting no cash for the, the game, but uh, it was just an opportunity, opportunity to go out there and you know see if you could do it or not. I, honestly, it was a it was an opportunity for me to see if I enjoyed it. Cause it's not like I'm hurting for no cash or nothing, right? I'm right. My is good. Right. So it was an opportunity to see if if. I was going to enjoy it or not for myself. And uh, I loved it, man. I loved it. It was a real rush. It was it was about as close as you can get to playing in the game besides coaching. But uh, I loved it, man. I loved every minute of it. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing it more this season. 10K for three hours isn't bad. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Can't, can't complain about that. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, what, what did you – tell me what you liked the most about it. Well, let me ask you this. Let me start with this. When you were in your playing days, Buccaneers, Broncos, et cetera, did you ever think you'd go in the booth? Never. And, okay. Never. I never – I never. that's why it's so crazy how it came up. I never said, like, all right, when I'm done playing, I'm going to get in the booth. I'm going to play-by-play commentate. Like, I, it just came about, man. I kind of started playing for the Rams. Next thing you know, I'm in NFL Network. I'm in Fox office just meeting with the guys. Next thing you know, JB is calling me saying that Fox want to do a three-game deal. And the next thing you know, I'm getting some tips and reminders from Jerry Madeline and 
I'm, I'm in the booth. Who, yeah, who's man. JB? Okay. Just for the listeners out there. Oh, know. JB. That's uh that's uh my agent, United okay. Talent Agency. Yeah. So was this something that you pursued or was it the networks pursuing you? Well, it, they kind of pursued me. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I don't know to what extent my agent and them, you know, pursued yeah. them. I don't know that. Right when I was done, I'm like, all right, I need a job. Somebody give me on Fox. Like, you know, right. they kind of asked me, did I want to do it? I'm like, yeah, I tried out. It's cool. I'm sure I like it. I love football, man. So I feel like it kind of found me, man. It kind of just fell right in my lap. And what kind of feedback did you get from the Fox higher ups? Because you were obviously you were different than most of the cookie cutter analysts were used to. And that's why I thought you were great. And a lot of people did. And my, you know, my fear as someone who covers this is that, you know, executives, when someone's different, they try to change them a little bit and make them more cookie cutter, which I hope doesn't right. happen with you. But what was the feedback you got from Fox executives? Uh, it was good. Good feedback, man. I, I, it made me smile. Cause I got, man, it, it put smiles on my face from the higher ups who I, who I talked to. And uh, they had no problem with me being myself. They actually like, I remember like Jake Ullman, the producer, yep. he really was like, like, key, be key. Like we had our production meeting and he like, don't try to be nobody else. Just be regular key. Like they reminded me to be regular ass, loose ass key, man. That's what right. the people want to hear. So they want me to be myself up there. I I I, I even rewatched the games. Like oh, I could I could have been my. I'm talking kind of proper right there. I could I could have been myself a little bit more. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So they was just super encouraging for me to be myself, and uh, that's what I really enjoyed about it. Well, that's an interesting point. Do you? Do you, would you prefer like, you know, go back to Fox next year where you, you did it, you had a good time, but you are a little bit limited in what you can say. You just right. said about being, you know, you see a crazy play. You can't be like, oh my God, that was fucked up. You can't say that on Fox. But if you do maybe like a, a streaming deal or your own deal, you can maybe be a little looser. Does one appeal, but obviously you're going to get more money from a Fox than it. Right. So what, what is going through the Akib Tlaib mindset for like, you know, next year or year after? Hey, well, definitely, definitely. The money come first, right? <laughs> you, don't, you don't work without seeing what that money look like. You know what I'm saying? Right. But if if it was something else in the works, man, I hear uh, Amazon Prime is getting to football, man. They yes. get to some of the games. Getting Thursday to nights, so, yeah. I don't know. I think uh, JB mentioned them one time, man. So I'm open to anything, man. It's, it's, it's football. I'm a football fan, so I love to stay around the game. Right. And uh, I don't mind studying. I kind of retired because I was tired of studying, but you know, I'd be so bored now. I'm studying for the draft and stuff. And I, I don't mind studying. I don't mind putting the work in, man. So it you is what do, it is. You got to do a lot of work in studying for the draft to cover yeah. that. Definitely, man. I, 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 I study the players, maybe like top five, top seven at each position, the top, the top guys, top tier guys. But uh, for the most part, man, I'm the NFL perspective. So – I really, I really locked in on these teams and, uh, you know, depth charge rosters and things like that, what these teams could use so I can know how valuable these picks are going to be. So as a guy who was playing recently and now you're transitioning into media, what do you make of these 8 billion mock drafts that go on and all these quote-unquote draft experts? Do you look at it and smile like, oh, this is a, a bunch of bullshit, or do you take it seriously? Because now yeah. you, you're on both sides of the fence. So what do you think about the way all these mock drafts come about? Well, when I was, when I was playing 
And when I was coming out myself, I kind of thought like, man, it's a bunch of bullshit. And, you know, I kind of think the same thing right now. It's still it's still a bunch of bullshit. But, you know, it's entertainment, man. It's it's as a football fan, when there's nothing else going on, man, I could look at the draft and, and see the guys and anticipate the guys coming in, see how good they are, see who the top DBs is and, and things like that. So it's still a bunch of bullshit because you never really know who's going to be good or who's going to go where, what GMs are thinking. But uh, it's entertainment, uh, to say the least. Makes me happy to hear you say that because I think that's what I know. I know me and I think other sports fans, it gets lost in the shuffle that sports is supposed to be entertainment. That's why you were so refreshing doing those two games for Fox. And I'm sure it's one of the reasons I'm looking forward to watching a little bit during the draft because I know there'll be some entertainment there. People sometimes forget sports is supposed to be about entertainment, especially on network television. That's the, that's the most important thing, man. We, yeah. we entertainers. At the, at the end of the day, that's what they're paying us millions for because we entertain it. So. You also got to be a little careful these days because, you know, one slip up and you're gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's entertainment, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, who, who, are some, entertainment. who are some broadcasters you, you enjoy listening to? Uh, Well, when I was, when I'm really getting ready for it, I, I, I look at it like this. When, when I was trying to be the best corner, I'm watching Deion Sanders, Charles Woodson. Right. So I'm trying to be the best commentator. I'm watching who get paid the best. They're probably the best. I'm watching Troy Aikman and Romo. You know what I'm saying? So nobody, nobody gets paid like Romo. Exactly. So I, I think I think uh, they both do a good job, man. Just And getting a point across at the same time and they teaching and entertaining at the same time. So, yeah. One of the things that's always tough for a player when they transition to the booth is being critical of other players because you know most of the guys you just played with these guys. Are you ever, you feel hesitant about, you know, if you got to knock a guy and I'm not talking about going over the top and saying this yeah. guy sucks, but I'm just talking about, you know, someone makes a bad play. You got to call them out on it. And you may know these guys. Is that difficult for you or that is that easy for you? Uh, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Uh, I think it's easy. They make a bad play. Then they make a bad play. Shit. I, I've been calling guys out for making bad plays. Yeah. My whole career. Right. But, I think when you really got to like, you know, maybe like pregame or postgame and you really got to talk about the guy, then I'm that's what I'm getting used to, man. I got to put them feelings aside, put them friendships aside and uh, just speak the truth. Is there is there an example where there's a guy you're friends with who you may have had to critique and it was uncomfortable for you? you... Uh, I don't think so. Not yet. Not okay. yet. Uh, I mean, maybe. I had to think about it a little bit, but right. I think the game, when you call in that game in the booth, it's, it's going so fast, you don't have time to really, you know what I'm saying, worry about right. no feelings or nothing like that. It's, 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 a, it's a, real, a real pace in that What, booth, what do you feel like if I, if I said, I mean, listen, you only did two games, so it's not like you got a ton of experience doing right. it. So obviously there's room for improvement. But if I said to you, what's the number one thing you want to improve on if you do games next year, what would you say? I'll say, uh, take just my speech, taking out the ums and the mans for sure. I definitely got to get the um, man, every other word. I got. I'm get a big, I'm there. a big um guy, so I feel you on that. I do yeah, um a I, lot. Yeah. I can work on that. I can, I can get better at that though. Yeah. I know it. So I think just taking those out, man, and uh, and uh, just replays. I, I was kind of slow on the replays and commercial, but I see like Troy and Tony and them, sometimes they replay it immediately after the play. They 
phone down and tell what they want to watch, what what, what they want to, you know what I'm saying, lock in right. on, and they'll do the re- replay quick. So I think if I can if I can get on them replays and, and get to my explaining a little bit faster, that'll be good too. Couple more here before we wrap. Now I don't know, I don't know. Obviously you have pressure on you when you start doing this draft show, BR Gridiron, because you gotta know what you're talking about and, and know these draft prospects. But I know for me personally, I'm tuning in to see what you're gonna wear. After that second game with Fox when you had that suit on, there's now you've got to maintain the standard. Do we have a special outfit for Thursday night? Uh, I got a fit, man. I got a, I got a, I got a fit or two. You know, it's casual though, so we ain't, we ain't, we ain't in like suits and stuff. So you it's know, gonna be, it's gonna be a little disappointing because the suit game there caused a lot of stir there on Twitter. Yeah, I, I won't disappoint though, man. You know what I'm saying I, okay. I, I won't disappoint. I, I went to the store, so um, we'll we'll get something something notable. Yeah, it'd be yeah, I mean, I gotta see. You know, that suit was something else when you did the. Uh, philly arizona game yeah it was christmas time man i think the game was like a couple days before christmas so yeah a little festive you know uh had had a chandra give me a little festive and that's what she came with man she always come with it uh, the people who became a keep to leave fans during that game they, they tune into bleach report there's they want to see something you know something stand out on you so yeah it, it'd be nice and neat man i want right. it tell me so do you have any sort of Deal for the 2021 season? Are you back with Fox? Are you still working that out? What's what's your status for 20 the 2021 season? Even I mean, it doesn't get started for another uh, right. five months. But what do we got? All right. So I hear I hear they kind of they kind of hone in on, on that situation kind of after the draft. So as of right now, I'm still a free agent, but hopefully, I won't be a free agent too long. I'm sure. Yeah, listen, if if these networks want someone who's original, you won't be a free agent too long because you, exactly. you 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 were. Uh, you were a fun listen, and uh, I enjoyed both those games. I, the second game, I heard clips of the first one. The second game, I watched the whole thing, and I enjoyed it. So I appreciate that. I hope you're back. And then, uh, like I said, you can see Akib on the Bleacher Report BR Gridiron Draft Show Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, yet any, like, wild prediction for the draft? You got any thought on the draft before I let you go? Oh, wild prediction for the draft. Um Let's say they ain't really wild. I mean, five quarterbacks, top 10, that ain't too wild, right? Everybody right. expect that, right? Well, forget the draft. Let me ask you this. You played with Brady because you played with the Patriots. Were you surprised at all he was able to win a Super Bowl at his age last year? Nah, nah, I wasn't surprised at all, man. You you surround him with talent like that and – uh that defense caught fire right at the right at the perfect time. You know, I did I did the podcast, so I kind of followed defenses, followed secondaries all year. They was kind of high on my list at the beginning of the year, then they kind of you know fizzled out towards the middle middle slash end of the year. But they kind of caught fire right at, right again at the end of the year, man. So you you surround Brady with weapons like that and a defense like that, man. I don't doubt he can win again this year. I was going to say, they're bringing everyone back, so I guess you wouldn't be surprised for a repeat. I definitely won't. Were you, when you played that year for the Patriots, what did you learn about Tom? Were you, were you surprised by the success? Do you see how hard he worked? What did you learn about Tom that year? Yeah, I, you, you definitely see <clears throat> that, <clears throat> that it factor, man. Guys, you, you, I went in the building, I wanted to impress, <clears throat> excuse me, I wanted to impress Bill, but Shit, at practice, I'm practicing against Tom. I wanted to 
I wanted him to notice me. I wanted to stand out and impress him just as much, man. And, and that's what you notice. I feel like I feel like that respect factor is through the roof, man. And and you can feel it. Guys, guys showing up on time, not just for Bill. They showing up on time because time show up on time every day. And 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 it's just that competitive nature, man. Even in practice meetings, anything we doing, time's super competitive. And if you're around them, you really could feel it. So I say those two things, them two things. And that year and a half I played with the Patriots, uh, season and a half. That's that's probably the two things that uh, I learned. I, I I noticed about them. And what and what was it like playing for Belichick? We, you know, Tom. The thing about Tom is he does he does have a good personality. He's all about work and focus, but we see the personality come out, and he's got something there. Belichick a little more reserved. What? Tell me about the Belichick personality. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's uh, it's different than 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 guys that think from the outside looking in. Man, he he witty. Man, he joke all day. He he get on guys' butt, man. So. He don't really show that to the media, I guess, since the little Spygate joint, he kind of changed his feelings towards the media. So he don't really mess with the media, man. But in the building, you can really see his personality, man. And it's second to none. Interesting. Yeah. I, Bill, not really a big fan of the media, it seems like. <laughs> and now you're part of the media. Is that weird for you to hear that you're part of the media? Yeah, I am. But Bill told me, hey, if you need something for me, man, you don't hesitate to call. You need anything, need me on the show. So, man, I got the, you know. I got the I got the pass. Can you text him? Do you have his number if you had to text him? Say it again. Do you have his number if you had to text him? Oh yeah, I'll call him. He answer the phone. All right, there you go. That's a good. He might, he might want to answer this week. This this week this weekend. He's a little busy, but <laughs> definitely, I definitely got uh got Bill locked in. That's a good contact to have if you're in the. What about Tom? Can you text Tom? Hell yeah, definitely. Both got Tom. Peyton texted me the other day, asked me for my email. Man, I, I feel special, man. When I when I when it's just a random Tuesday, Wednesday, one o'clock, your phone beep, bing, and it's Pat Manny on there asking you for your email. So maybe you could shed some light on something. We'll wrap it on this. There's, for, for the last three, four years, there's all these rumors that, you know, ESPN wants Peyton for Monday Night Football and people want Peyton in the booth and Peyton never does it. Why do you think that? Is? You think Peyton will ever become a broadcaster? Oh, man, I don't, I don't think they got enough money to pay Peyton, man. They got to they, they they got to double what they pay Romo, man. So I don't, I don't know if they got forty million a year to get Peyton to go in the booth, man. He he too expensive. He gonna be the best one that ever did it. So he too expensive. That I mean that's a bold. He, he hasn't done it, so we got to see. Yeah, you know? I know Peyton. It's, nobody don't think faster, smarter, no football better than Peyton. So he'd be the best to ever do it. Well, Romo's getting seventeen and a half million a year. So we'll see what if they Peyton got, does they it. Thirty five million. Thirty five million for Peyton. Yeah, especially Monday Night Football too. Oh yeah, he definitely need thirty five million. Disney can afford it. They can afford it. <laughs> All right, kid. Appreciate it. Good luck on the uh, draft show there. Br Gridiron Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and uh, looking forward to seeing what we got. What you're gonna have on there? Appreciate it. All right. That wraps up this week's episode of the SI Media Podcast. Akib Tlaib was a blast. Really enjoyed talking to him. John O'Ran, great information on what's going on there with streaming and sports consumption. Very interesting time if you're a sports fan who likes all the sports there. Your, your wallet's getting killed. Um, if you missed any recent episodes of the SI Media Podcast, go into the archives, check those out. Anand Verk last week, Todd Furman, 
WWE Superstar Edge, Scott Van Pelt, all recent guests. So subscribe, rate, and review. All right, that wraps it up. We'll see you next week right here on the SI Media Podcast. Stay safe and take care. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.